What? Oh, oh. Shout. One second, please. Hi, and thanks for listening to Designated Driver, the podcast about the work and mystique of Adam Driver. I'm Liz. And I'm Aaliyah. And today we're going to talk about Star Wars The Last Jedi. I had so many Kylo Ren moments this week. I really feel, I feel I'm excited. You have a brain bridge with Kylo Ren. Is that I, what they called it in the movie? It seems yeah. like they wouldn't say brain. Was it a mind bridge? Yeah. Brain doesn't sound so. like a Star Wars You're word right. at all. That's our, our world. That has sounds brains, too biological. Not force-like. Yeah. Should we start with Adam Driver news, though? I don't know if I have any Adam Driver news. Do we have Adam Driver news? Well, I have one item. Okay. okay. And that's from SNL with Rami Malek. I was telling Liz that I had a brief but intense infatuation with Rami Malek after Bohemian Rhapsody, which is not a good movie. I don't know what happened to me. I just went deep. I'm just going to say in his monologue at the beginning, he gave shout outs to his brothers and sisters, his brother and sister. And as he was doing it, I was like, Joel, his brother is his twin and he's a teacher and his sister's a scientist. And then he was like, my brother's a scientist. Anyway, I was really proud of myself because... I told Joel what he was going to say before he said it. He's really cute. I mean, so I thought cute. he was cuter in Mr. Robot. Did you see that? No. Oh, I really? only liked him because of Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't know. Although I also did look up all of his early appearances on TV. Like he had a brief role on Gilmore Girls, for example. Oh, okay. Do you know this, that I'm a, a huge Queen fan? No, but I believe it. Yeah, he was good in it, but it, he had the prosthetic teeth, which I just couldn't look past. So I didn't even think of it. I mean, Mr. Robot, I recommend watching like at least the first few episodes of that. Christian Slater's in it. I love Christian Slater. It's sort of like really good in the beginning, and then they can't really follow it through. He wears a hoodie. It's real cute. And then did you see, you probably saw this when he was auditioning to be Prince? Yeah. He looks just like him. Yeah. He's cute. He should be Prince. Maybe. Maybe that's his next role. We'll see. I will say I don't think he's as versatile an actor as like our friend Adam Driver, though. There were some skits where he just seemed kind of uncomfortable to me, but I still think he's so cute. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. And there was one skit that was a game show where there was an Adam Driver, Mm -hmm. someone doing an imitation of Adam Driver. That was my news. Of course, you know, he's like a caged animal, simmering rage just below the surface. They described him as someone whose voice sounds like someone's voice is being altered to protect their identity. (laughs) That was funny. I wonder how he reacts to that stuff. I'm sure he loves it. Yeah. I think he's got a good sense of humor about himself. It's loving for sure. And he says, like, let's have fun at the game. It's pretty easy to do an impression of him. So that was cool. I like that. Then he got enraged. I mean, he'll never live down Kylo Ren and Kylo Ren's temper tantrums. They're epic. Yeah. So The Last Jedi. What do you got? Well, I loved it. That's what I think. I loved it. I saw it in the movie theater. And when I was seeing it in the movie theater with Joel, I was kind of bored. But watching it at home for the second time, and especially because I was watching it for Kylo Ren content this time, I really, really enjoyed it. And also, I was happy because I didn't have to feel yucky about J.J. Abrams, because J.J. Abrams didn't write or direct this one. It was Ryan Johnson. 
Why do you feel yucky about J.J. Abrams? He's yucky. He's, really? He's, Sex offender? He's, yeah, he's canceled. He's done. Really? Say more. Something came out about it a few years ago, and he's basically been kicked out of Hollywood. Here, I'm just Googling J.J. Abrams' problem. All I'm finding is things like rise of Star Wars problems come from J.J. Abrams' weaknesses. Hang on. Well, I know he's bad, but I can't remember why. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. I mean, I just know him from Lost, which is a show yeah, I used to know, like, and then it totally lost the plot. Wait, who directed new Star Trek? See, this is my problem, is that I love Star Trek so much that I thought that was J.J. Abrams who revived that franchise, because I know he had some problems. I know he did. I'll figure it out later. Stay tuned, 10. All right. Okay. Yeah, I wonder, I mean, why didn't he? They just got somebody else. So you loved it. I think it's better to watch them at home. When they were coming out in the theaters, it was too spaced out, <laughs> pun intended. But like you couldn't remember the plot lines and stuff. Just watching them at home, kind of binging it, it really works. Yeah, that's true. Because Joel, my husband, we were having dinner and I was saying, like, I've got to watch this movie tonight. And we were trying to remember which one it was. And they're all collapsed together in my head. I felt like there was great character development for Ray and for Adam Driver slash Kylo Ren. And I, I mean, there were definitely some things that I thought were stupid and went on too long, like the fighting too much. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed Poe Dameron. And I mm -hmm. was wondering, because I did just hear, I guess this is Kylo adjacent news. I listened to a Terry Gross interview with Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. And he went to Juilliard, too. So hmm. then I was trying to figure out, because, you know, they were in Lewin Davis together. Mm -hmm. And they always seem to have a great rapport with each other. So then I was wondering, did they go to Juilliard together, too? But I couldn't hmm. figure that out. I think they're slightly different ages and stages. Oscar Isaac seems older to me. Um, yeah, maybe me it's too. just kind of his look or something. Because he has old eyes. Although we'll find out. Adam Driver was an older student when he went to Juilliard, too. So who knows? Anyway, I just was thinking about how they had a great rapport and both of them are really great in the movie. And there are lots of little cameos. And I felt like they were sort of pushing the envelope a little bit with women in leadership roles in this one. And I enjoyed mm -hmm. that. Did you take note when Laura Dern was towering over Oscar Isaac? She's <laughs> height I know. He's such a little was she, was she on a box or is, is she just that tall. tall? And he is just a little guy. Yeah. Okay, this is what the internet was made for. Laura Dern, I oh, love her, height. her costume in it. Yes. It's beautiful. And her yeah. pretty purple hair. So she's five foot ten. Okay. And Oscar Isaac okay. is All right, we're gonna finally settle this. Oh, he's five nine. Oh. So she was on a box. But no, she might have been wearing like heels or something. Mm -hmm. And I also suspect he's one of those people who's like optimistically five nine. Like my oh, husband uh -oh. is optimistically six feet tall, but he's not. I didn't know why though. Okay, so there was a big conflict with Poe and Commander Halab. Poe wouldn't didn't want to take orders from her and was doing all this mutinous stuff behind her back. A big baby. But why was she keeping the plan a secret? Why wouldn't she just tell them that their plan was to escape on the smaller ships. She's Ad Vice Admiral Amelin Holdo. Holdo. And for some reason, no one knew what she looked like, even though she was Leia's second-in-command or something. I don't know. I have some bones to pick with just the plot hole. Oh, there's stuff. plenty of plot holes in and this. I don't know why I feel, like, less forgiving. Maybe it was just the mood I was in when I was watching it. But, you know, Rose, 
is a real highlight. Rose yeah. and Finn's relationship. I really like Rose. It's some of the dialogue was really stupid. I'm just thinking about some of Finn's dialogue in particular. I feel sorry for the Finn character sometimes because I think he gets a lot of the comic relief parts mm -hmm. that are kind of dumb. There's a part where he's trapped in a pod and he gets out and he's like, where's Ray? But then BB-8 sees him and says to Poe, like, Finn leaking bag. Oh, yeah. And, mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and he's got this weird... I don't know, like revival bag that's like spraying water everywhere and he just looks kind of silly. And he gets a lot of those. I want him to have some moments of just pure heroism, but it's mm -hmm. always tempered by this kind of goofiness. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why it always has to be him. Like when mm -hmm. Poe is goofy, it's in the service of the greater good. Like he, you know, he calls Hux, but he keeps asking for Commander Hogs mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he's like kind of ribbing him and it's really funny. Mm -hmm. I want Finn to get a little of that. Because he's not the joke. He's making the joke. Yeah, right. He yeah, is yeah. the joke. And also, he gets crappy dialogue. There's this one scene where he's fighting his old commander, and he's like, let's do it, Chrome Dome. I know. That was so dumb. And I just thought you couldn't give him something better to say than that. Yeah, that was a terrible action movie line. And Chrome Dome... The manager or whatever of the Stormtroopers had a, she had a side cape, mm -hmm. which is cool. Probably makes it easier to maneuver. A side cape. I want to wear a cape because sometimes around the house, like I'll put a blanket around and it really warms me up. I want to have a cape. I can help you with that. You know what would be cool is like a knitted cape. So it'd be really warm and snuggly. Have you heard of slankets? Because I think you might be in the market oh. for one. Yeah. So how does a slanket work? It's like a it's a, it's like a portmanteau blanket. of a blanket and a sl like a it's like sl a kind of pajama garment yeah. sling. I'm sure it's really it's, obvious. It's it's in the as seen on TV and cap at Target. Okay, you probably get too hot though. This is my hmm. one thing. I we were discussing earlier older lady fashion and layering, and I follow this. Instagram feed called So Over 50, and it's all these women. Is it stuff to put around your neck, mostly? So, well, it's about how creating garments that are easy to layer is important as you get older. Oh, because of temperature? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I was thinking about is we just need more layers and things that are easy to take off and on. Like, I have a lot of one-piece pajamas that I like to wear, but sometimes I just get too hot, and then it's a pain to take them off because then you have to take mm -hmm. the whole thing off. So it's like a onesie? Yeah. It's like a footy pajamas? Yeah. Not it's without not feet, no though. feet, though. Mm -hmm. But then I was thinking maybe slanket is like slipper mm -hmm. and blanket. Mm -hmm. But that wouldn't, I don't think they have feet. I'm sure it's very obvious and makes a lot of sense. We've been watching the Marvel movies, too, as a family, and Doctor Strange has this cape. The cape is like independent. Have you seen the Doctor Strange? No. <laughs> the cape goes on him automatically like the oh, cape can fly like around <laughs> gong yeah. if there's an emergency so he'll be wearing like his street clothes but then when he has to kind of do does doctor he do, strange does he, stuff like, hold his arms out and it just like no. flies out it's not like the force where you hold your arm out and then your lightsaber comes like you control it it's its own thing it just like comes on to him it can do things like to save him it has a consciousness that kind of reminds me of Super Mario Brothers uh -huh. because in the later versions of Super Mario Bros, that's what people call it now. Oh, okay. I learned from my son. 
he has a cap. You just updated your vocabulary. I did. Yeah. He has a cap named Cappy, who is an independent character. And oh, Cappy uh-huh. can spin around and yeah, do stuff. Yeah, this is Capy. Shut up. It's, <laughs> is this really Capy? Well, no, it's it's not. They didn't he, name like, it that. But it's it? a Capy. It's uh, you call it? It does its own thing. It's independent. But it helps him and it goes on to him when he's like getting down to serious magical business. Uh, but speaking of capes, can we digress for yeah, a sec? Yeah, I think you're really feeling the cape motif today. Well, it makes me think of the last duel. Okay. I'm ready. I heard the woman it's writer been getting better and better it, reviews by yeah, the way. I heard the woman writer being interviewed. So I feel like it prepared me and I'm ready. So the woman said, Ben called me up and wanted me to do this thing. She's like, I'm busy. He's like, it's only 30 pages. It'll only take you one month of work. And she's like, and two years later, she sounded a little like there was a vibe towards Ben. And I hope that they renegotiated and she got like paid well for. I'm sure. I hope so. Just because I've had a lot of experiences where people are like, oh, it's so easy. It's just going to take you uh, one hour to do a so-and-so job just so they don't have to pay you very much. Then the job is actually way bigger. Project creep. That's sure. Project yeah, creep. Yeah, yeah. However, I will say in their defense, I think that part of the reason it took two years is because the production was put on hold because of COVID, because I was reading mm. an article about it. So that might not have oh. totally been her. So maybe it was 30 pages. It, who knows? It sounds like Ben and Matt were like, they were going to do this movie. And I mean, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Yeah. I was thinking Lopez. I think they had this idea to do the movie. And then, ding. Actually, we can't write the woman's part. But I'm glad they had the ding. And they got the lady in there. I have a pet peeve about it. There are so many reviews. Every time I turn on public radio, there was a new review or interview about it for a while. They always say it's about an accused rapist. Mm -hmm. So are they just trying to not spoil? I mean, this isn't a legal case. Like, that's what you say if there's a rape case, because you have to say that, right? If it's in litigation. He really did rape her. Yeah. So can't they just say it's about a rape? I don't know. I get kind of mad every time I hear accused rape. So. I mean, it is part of the story. I mean, you have to the, piece yeah, together is, the narratives. Is. But I, I don't know. I haven't heard that. I wish it could be said in a different way. I can see that. I heard two reviews of it. I can't remember what they said, though. Well, they certainly didn't spend a lot of time thinking about their hairdos because they're atrocious. They both have, like, weird mullets, and Ben Affleck has blonde hair. <laughs> now I really want to see it. That sounds hilarious. I know. I think it'll really detract from any of the drama just looking at their stupid hair. Yeah, that'll make it hilarious. Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't be. I wonder if it's going to be, like, uh, Academy Award stuff. I feel like people are saying the excellent last duel, blah, 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 a lot of superlatives. I hear so, a lot of people saying Rashomon-like storytelling. Rashomon was also referenced in that article, too. I know. I know. I guess I should rewatch that. Yeah. I think I saw it in, in Oak Street Days. I've never it's a long time ago. seen it. So anyway, I'm ready. And also, I found out it's on HBO Max, so that's yep. easy to watch. So I know we're going to watch The Last Star Wars. Right. And when then I was looking what up if? The okay. Last Jedi, yeah. it kept trying to feed me The Last Duel. 
on my TV. Like oh, I was, really? You'll use type yeah, the last. I was typing last. Yeah. It's popular. I uh, watched The White Lotus. Oh, yeah. Finally. I finished that a while ago. It's good. I mean, I'm still devastated about the Kai situation. Who's Kai? The boyfriend. Oh, the guy. The yeah, 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 yeah. And that really is going to stay with me. So we're going to do Star Wars, then what if, then what about Last Duel after that? Are okay. you ready? Do you think you can stand it? I mean, it's really long. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's we'll it's well it over two hours. Okay. I still think it's going to feel like watching that Martin Scorsese silence. Yeah. I still think it's going to be painful. I did it. I feel like I can do it again. All right. Okay. Let's commit. All right. That's figured out. Uh, and then we can capes watch and more capes. Yes. Speaking of capes, oh. that's what I'm really excited about. Are there, are there capes? I'm sure there are capes. Fashion capes. Fashion capes. Nice. The last duel also seems like there's a lot of horseback riding in it, Oh, which yeah. is um, kind of an Adam Driver thing. I feel like that's really becoming a motif for him. I would love it if part of my job was to know how to ride a horse. Mm-hmm. Can you believe this? When I was a kid, we went to my cousins all the time because they lived on the same farm as my grandparents. And for a while, they had horses and they had a Shetland pony. Oh. Can you believe how magical that is? I need to talk to my cousin about that. Like little Sebastian? Yes. It was like little Sebastian and they had it. And I just, I don't know. I should have been way more into it. I'm surprised you weren't. I, I was, but I don't know. It was like a short period of time. All girls go through that horse period. I went on horseback with my cousin. Like we were in the saddle together. I don't know. Two kids riding a horse and we cantered, which is pretty fast. And mm-hmm. it was one of the best moments of my life. It was so really? fun. And I've never really ridden a horse since then. So I did ride horses when I was a kid. You seem I like you would horses. have like yeah. had access to horses. I did. Um, my grandfather actually owned a horse. And my sister and I took riding lessons at the stable where he kept his horse, Leather. He actually had two horses, Wantu and Leather. But Wantu was pretty old. Wantu? Yeah, and Leather was kind of out of control, like kind of scary. Oh, yeah, that would be scary then. But my favorite horse who I rode was named Jim, and I learned English style. I'd never ridden – I learned Western later, but I always got a little nervous when we were cantering because it just felt too fast. It was fast. And galloping is even faster. I've never galloped. There were a couple times that – Jim got into a gallop, and I was like, I am not into this. I also got thrown by Jim a couple times. Yeah. I had to wear a helmet. But it was fun. I was allergic to horses, though, so then I would get home, and I would be sneezing for the rest of the day. It was the horses, not the hay. I was allergic to hay. Oh, interesting. <laughs> kid. I was allergic to, like, anything with hair when I was a kid. We had oh. – I was allergic to cats. I was allergic to horses. So I'm pretty sure it was the horse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All animals. Yeah. But now I'm not. I should probably try it again. How do you do it? Where do you go? Yeah, I don't know. And it's probably really expensive. I feel like it would be like $1,000 every time. Yeah, like skiing. Yeah, the girls are going to take a snowboarding lesson. It is really expensive just for these lessons. But they have this fifth grade year when it's free to ski. Oh. You know about this? No. You guys won't utilize it probably. <laughs> what are you trying you to get say? a free, <laughs> just saying what you always say, that you guys are not We're into not the outdoors. Really nature people. Unless you ski. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to I do assume. know how to ski. I learned how to ski when I was a kid. And my parents, shout out to mom, my parents invested in a lot of different activities for me. Mm-hmm. And I did grow up in New England, so we went skiing in Vermont several times. So I do know how to ski. Yeah. I don't really like it, 
but yeah. I know how to do it. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, these are life skills. They're expensive, but if you can learn them, it's great. So maybe we should get back to Star Wars. Yeah, definitely. So I guess I was just filing some complaints, I guess, about the the plot holes were bugging me. Snoke was you're really feeling capes. Capes. Yeah, I I like capes. Snoke Snoke is just dumb. Where did he come from? Why Snoke? I just don't know why they make bad guys so unappealing and gross, but also weenies like that. Because if you're like a handsome, conflicted young man like Kylo Ren, why are you going to be drawn to someone like that? Someone really disfigured and scarred. I saw a headline about, and it showed Rami Malek. I guess he was a Bond villain with scars. And the headline was like, stop making scar people villains because people have scars and it doesn't mean they're villains. I was like, oh, yeah. And Snoke, yeah, he's completely disfigured. It's never explained where he came from. And he's mean. He's just gross. And, like, belittles Kylo Ren all the time. Yeah, that belittling scene, you see Kylo Ren's wet eyes, which he's really good at. Mm -hmm. And just looking at... His face is kind of wet a lot in this one. I think it's because he gets sweaty in his mask. Yeah. As we've discussed, you get sweaty under face masks. Yeah, yeah. He's being stoic, but you can barely see it. I think this is an Adam Driver speciality of just in the eyes. I think it's good acting. But also he does this thing with his chin and his mouth. And Mm. it's not that he's like tensing it. It's almost like... When I start to cry, I can feel my lips start to quiver until I, like, bite it. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. he's doing that, too. He's holding it in. Yeah. Really good at that. So that was a good scene. He destroys the mask in this. A Another costume thing. An epic tantrum. He destroys his mask because Snoke is always making fun of Actually, everyone is always making fun of him. It makes me feel bad for him because he seems isolated and trying really hard. And also totally evil. I mean, but he's a mass murderer. I think nobody feels as bad for Kylo Ren as Kylo Ren does. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. And Snoke's stupid office, I like to call it, (laughs) which is a giant room. And it's red. There was some red, a lot of red introduced in this one. Um, You were mentioning that in the last one, it's all like black and gray. But I thought it was super, super cheesy. And he had these red guards with stupid red mm-hmm. lasery weapons. And it there reminds was... me of in Oz when they go to see the great and powerful leader of yeah, Oz yeah, and his yeah. head is floating. But there it's all green. But it's like that yes. long, shiny hallway. Yep. And it's you can't really tell where the room ends. So when Ray and Kylo Ren fought those guys, so here's this big spoiler. Kylo Ren kills Snoke to protect Ray. It seemed unrealistic that Snoke wouldn't notice the lightsaber twirling around. Kylo Ren somehow, with the Force, turned it on and cut him in half. Sick burn. (laughs) LOL. (laughs) And then all these red guards, I don't know why they would, like, want to protect him still. So they are fighting Rey and Kylo Ren. And it's cool that they're, they're fighting together. It's a cool fight scene. It is, yeah. It just seems also like really cheesy. I, I had a problem. It. With I was it. here. You for liked that. it. Okay, okay. I liked it way better than like the pew, pew, pew kind of fight scenes. Choreographed because you can see fighting, their yeah. faces and they're like working together and And then they almost hook up. Yeah. Kylo basically proposes not really marriage, but it kinda just, does. It's like come with me. 
we let's can start rule everything over together. And he holds out his like giant gloved hand. He also does kind of a nag where he's like, you're nothing. You're nothing to anyone. I know who your parents are. They're drunks. They sold mm-hmm. you for money. But to me, you're something. Like without me, you'll be nothing. Total too. abuse yeah. abuser. Totally negs her. And but she doesn't fall for it at all. No. Yeah, she's badass. When he said that, I was like, oh, so alcoholism is still a thing. So she doesn't go with him. I think we should just have a little plot recap because there's so oh, much yeah, that we happens usually and do. I think we kind of oh, got so into So sorry. No, no. I know. We got we're into it. Do you want me to do the recap? Yes, yes. I, okay, so I just watched it last night. So it starts right after the one that we talked about last week. So, you know, they're just in the throes of this battle with there's the rebels and there's the new order. First order. First order. So one of the plot holes that's confusing to me is Hux, the angry redhead, like, bureaucrat leader guy, seems like he's more highly posted than Kylo Ren. Mm -hmm. But it's not really clear what Kylo Ren is in charge of. Like, Hux seems like he's in charge of everything, and Kylo Ren just stalks around telling people to do stuff. And then Snoke's at the top. So it starts with the rebels kind of screwing things up for the First Order, keep wanting to say new order and they do it because as always like they're little scrappy individuals and you know their little pew 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 planes can undermine the big ships because the big ships can't get them they're like little wasps that like annoy them and then mess everything up so after they do that the first order gets really mad and so then they like come at them with everything and then there's like all this stuff that happens, but basically what they figure out is that the first order can track their ship through light speed. Through light speed. Which wasn't which they a didn't thing before. know. So then Rose, who's this little lowly mechanic, catches Finn trying to sneak out. He's trying to go find Ray, who's with Chewie, and she's on this distant planet trying to get Luke Skywalker to come back and help the rebels. But he's the grumpiest old man ever. Yeah. And he just stalks around like all the time and treats her like she's annoying and she has some funny lines where she's like, why don't you just train me? You're not busy. And he yeah. is like, no, you don't understand. You know, and you can kind of see where Kylo Ren's grumpiness comes from because he is such a pill. So mm-hmm. he's like stalking around. Finn's trying to get her. Rose, who's basically like a, she cleans pipes and stuff. She's like a mechanic. Helps him figure out a way that they can stop the first order from tracking them but it involves you know all this subterfuge and they have to sneak in around and and find the one tiny thing they're going to turn off for five minutes so they can can escape escape so they're doing that and then poe is like freaking out because he keeps trying to you know do all these scrappy like hero man things and sometimes they work but sometimes a whole bunch of people die and leia demotes him for it And then the First Order finds them and kills all of their leaders. And Leia barely survives. And she has this really trippy moment where, like, she freezes, but she floats through space. And she lives, but she's sick. So then Laura Dern has to take over. And it's not clear if Laura Dern is a good guy or a bad guy. But she just really pisses off Poe because he thinks she's not doing anything. So he keeps trying to do this other thing with Rose and Finn to undermine the First Order. And along the way, 
they have to try to find a safe cracker and they can't find one, but then they find Benicio del Toro who has like a stutter for some mm-hmm. reason mm-hmm. and he's a safe cracker, but you're not, it's not clear if he's good or not. He seems kind of sly and kind of sneaky. Anyway, it turns out he's not good and he sells them out to the first order after he sort of helps them. And then in the meantime, Ray is still out in the world trying to get Luke Skywalker to help her. And we meet Porgs, who are these cute little like prairie chickens, and they're mm-hmm. so cute. Yes. And they have these big Love watery them. eyes and they're really cute and they annoy Chewbacca, but then he like kind of loves them. So eventually she's able to convince Luke Skywalker to come back with them. But in the meantime, as she's learning all these Jedi things, she's also kind of having this personal journey where she's learning about the Force and about the dark side of the Force. And she does get kind of tempted by the dark side. And Snoke somehow almost to kind of draw her to him so he can destroy her connects her with Kylo Ren. So they have these this series of conversations that they really connect with each other and she feels like she can see the light in Kylo Ren. So she ultimately goes to him and that's where we land at this place where Snoke draws her to his office and then Kylo Ren is there too. And at a crucial moment when Snoke is trying to destroy Rey, he saves her. But then she saves him, too. They're fighting with the red guys, and he's about to die, and she saves him. Mm-hmm. So they're equally matched, and they're clearly connected. Like, they have a – who knows what that is? What is that thing that they have? That was my favorite part of the movie, when they would connect. So they'd be, like, alone. Well, Kylo Ren's always alone in a room. One time with welding, I noticed. Oh, <laughs> There was good. welding behind him. <laughs> And it sort of gets quiet, and then they can see each other, but they're not doing it. They're, like, confused by why it's happening. They can talk to each other and not really see their surroundings. Although Kylo Ren did see Luke, though. And Ray saw Kylo Ren walking around in that infamous bare-chested cummerbund situation. That's in this movie. So, I mean, it's a must- It's a must. Yeah, no body hair. It's a must watch for that. He looks weird, though. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, like, iconic. I took a picture of it on my phone for some reason. I was like, there it is. Not like you just couldn't Google a picture mm-hmm. of it easily. but. And she's like, don't you have a cowl or something? <laughs> Does she say cowl? Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. Why doesn't she say cape? That seems like an earth word brought into the wrong universe. They do wear a lot of cowls, though. They have a lot of, like, hoods and turtlenecks and, like, big Holdo. Admiral Holdo has a beautiful, like, drapey turtleneck that she wears the whole time. Yeah. It does seem like a space garment, too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's just funny that they would, like, talk about it, talk about their garments. Where do they get clothes? There's not stores. It doesn't seem like. Where do they I get things? I think some of them are homemade. They just make their it own seems clothes. Like, it seems like Ray just wears a lot of, like, mummy strips that she wraps around her body. Yeah, I always wonder, like, where do they somehow get new outfits when she has nothing have with replicators her? replicators or so. Well, actually, there is a whole scene when they're in the First Order ship, and it starts with a big iron coming down. When they sneak in, when Finn and Rose sneak into the First Order ship, they sneak into the costume shop, and it has an oh, automatic yes, the iron. iron. Yeah, an like iron for ironing. wrinkles. Yeah, I yeah. So that. they still iron. Yeah, there's got to be a whole floor of that Death Star 
it's just makes the clothes or it's like a, a mall I shopping. feel like it's a replicator. I feel like it does a thing where it looks at different points on people's bodies and then it creates it to fit their body. Like 3D prints it? Yeah. <laughs> but then it still has to be ironed, so that's weird. Yeah. I mean, there's always so much draping. Mm-hmm. Like that's, but. that's true. I mean, is Star Wars in the future? Unclear because there are some <laughs> things they just can't get right. And some of it is like really primitive. I Yeah. yeah I don't know. Here's another point that I found confusing in it. Grumpy old Luke is living on, it's like the space equivalent of a distant lonely island. It's a whole planet. He's with the porks. He's with these weird little creatures called undertakers who just try to maintain the old Jedi huts. But what I don't understand is if he's gone there to die and no one can find them, why are all the Jedi huts and the Jedi chapel where he was training Jedi's there like is it the same place as the jedi because he was training mm-hmm. jedis and rilo kylo ren <laughs> was one of his students and then he went bad and there's a whole thing about the conflict and who did what and what was really happening kylo ren thought that luke was trying to kill him because he saw the dark in him but luke had a moment of weakness and he was just kind of looking at him while he was sleeping and anyway it made but the sword was out in yeah. both stories. Yes. Yep. So I think he was going to kill him. Yeah. Or he, he thought of, he's, he called it a moment. But this yeah. is a really important part of Kylo Ren's backstory. Yeah. That when he went to boarding school, which I thought was on a different planet. I didn't think but it. But then how did all that stuff get to this other planet? Did he transport all of that stuff? He transported this whole Jedi chapel to this new place and no I one thought... figured out where he was? I just thought that the boarding school was just somewhere. It didn't have the original Jedi texts or anything. It's but just where... Then how did he get all of the Jedi texts and that chapel and all those little buildings that the aliens are maintaining to this planet? I thought that that's, that was the original source of the Jedis. And oh. like he must have known where it was and that's where he went to be in exile. Because you mm. see in the very first scene... You can see his ship under the water. Yeah. So I thought he just flew there and he like knew where it was somehow. Maybe Ghost Yoda told him or but something. But he brought some Jedi texts with No, him. I thought that's where they were. were. That yeah. was like the epicenter of the force. Mm. And he went there. You thought he took the text and created he, that shrine. I thought when Kylo Ren burned everything down. So, so he has this boarding school for young Jedis. Kylo Ren is one of his most talented students who ultimately turns bad, depending on... Or your, his rage kills yeah. everyone. Depending on your point of view, when Luke realizes how dark he's gotten, he tries to confront him in the middle of the night or maybe tries to kill him, and Adam Driver slash Kylo Ren wakes up and it freaks out, maybe because he's threatened and burns the whole place down. But I thought that they had some Jedi texts there and he somehow saved them and brought them with him to this other island or was on the same planet, but somehow everyone forgot where he was. But your way makes more sense. So this would be a great question for like Den of Nerds. I'm yeah, sure that I know. I'll there's like on Den of Nerds. there's one answer I guess to this I, question yeah. probably. Where was the school? I'm so, yeah. It just to me was another 
loose plot point that I got confused about every time we were watching them. But anyway, this whole situation with Kylo Ren may or may not have fomented Kylo Ren's total turn to the dark side. So Kylo Ren really hates Luke Skywalker and Luke Skywalker is just super grumpy mm-hmm. for like the vast majority of the film. He just stalks around being a grumpy old man. And he's so gross when he drinks the milk from that creature that is like the most disgusting it's green little scene yeah yeah luke i mean something that always bothered me about the original trilogy was there's luke and leia they're twins they both have the force but luke is the only one who gets trained into how to be a jedi and then there was a whole thing about but there's one more and meaning leia there's one more they would always say there's one more Jedi. But she never gets like the Jedi training. She never gets the mentorship, which I think is, you know, shows like a problem that we have in our world. I do think that's why she becomes a general though. Like she's meant to be a leader and that a Jedi is a well magic person. A magic fighter. Yeah, I know. She's always doing that, but I mean I just feel like she never had the chance or no one I mean they're like there's another one and so there's another one that's just out there that just let her do her own thing and so I was annoyed again at that when Luke Skywalker refused to mentor Rey because there it is again not getting that training and mentorship to become a Jedi and he gives her like one lesson but then he freaks out because he thinks she access the dark side too easily too and so then he gives up and he just bails and looks at her like she's a monster luke just cannot handle the dark side he just can't get over it and he can't freaks out he's so much he's so much like kylo ren in that way he just he's like it didn't work out the way that i wanted it and i'm mad and so forever i'm gonna live on this dumb island so grumpy Yeah, it's annoying. I mean, Yoda was a mean mentor, too, but he was giving him classes, like, every day, and they were learning it. So, I mean, what a wasted opportunity. If Leia's going to be a general, why can't she also, like, learn how to be totally magical, too? Well, as we see, she actually is totally magical anyway because she doesn't die in space even though she freezes. So she can use the magic sometime. I just feel like, you know, if she would have had more mentorship. And also then the same thing's happening with Rey, So I'm on kind of a feminist rant about this now. But, like, she flies the Millennium Falcon, and she has never flown before, and no one ever taught her. She can just do it, and she's like, I don't know how I'm doing this. So that's great that she has this natural ability and talents, but then it always stops there. And that's what Kylo Ren says, too. He's like, I could train you. So he offers to train her. Yeah, but he only wants to train her to do what he wants to do. Yeah, I don't know. It's unclear. I do think he made an interesting point, Kylo Ren, when they were like arguing and he says, you're always looking for your parents because she's an abandoned child in everyone, in Han, in Luke. And he's like, you have to burn it all down, kill them if you have to, which is like Kylo Ren's whole POV. Interesting, I think, when you hear his ideas. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting idea. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, you know, this is a issue from her childhood of being abandoned by her parents. And he kind of psychoanalyzes her a little bit. And he's not wrong. 
Yeah. He does exactly the same thing, though, with these, like, father figures. But then that oh was right God. after he yeah. killed Snoke. So it's like he's realizing it. Yeah, but then he holds up the whole movie. Okay, so after all of this drama and the first order chasing them and then the whole Poe thing, their ship is basically out of fuel. They have no defenses left. So Laura Dern's character puts them into these transports because they know they're near a planet that is an old rebel base. So they know that there's fortifications there, there's there's arms there, so that she makes this decision that they have to abandon ship. And she stays on the ship to protect them and kind of provide cover for them as, as these transports are going down. But Benicio Del Toro, who has, I learned a word this week, permaface. Do you know what permaface <laughs> is? No, I mean, I kind of know what it sounds like, but. It means um, when you're so high and all the time that you just have this like constant kind of confused grin on your face, uh-huh. that's permaface. Oh, okay. So Benicio Del Toro, when he sells out the rebels, he tells them that these transport ships are leaving. So then they go after the transport ships and they follow them down to space. And then Laura Dern has a moment of heroism where she takes the big abandoned ship and like drives it through the first order ship. Light speeds it right yeah. into it. Yeah. Just like cuts it in half. Cuts it in half and like splits space for a minute. Things always get cut in half. Yeah. There's Star a lot of yep. cutting. Yep. Totally. So, and then, like, all of this disaster ensues in all these different places. It ends with this sort of confrontation on this planet that's all salt. It's highly stylized because then when you step on it, for some reason, it turns red. So it's really like, cool looking. Yeah. So it's Love like that. bright white, bright red. Anyway, long story short, so now. Kylo Ren is the supreme leader and they're like putting all their firepower on this one fortified spot where all the rebels are hiding. And then Kylo Ren stops it all because he's got to have a one-on-one duel with Luke Skywalker. (laughs) He tries to destroy him. He's like, Mm -hmm. put all your firepower on that one little humunculus down there. And when that doesn't get him, he like goes out. So all the stormtroopers are just waiting while he has this huge duel. Talk about dad issues oh my god (laughs) yeah that was great and that i mean it showcases kylo ren's fatal flaw which is blind rage and hux is like don't get too distracted yeah but i mean this is luke the guy who he feels tried to kill him his mortal enemy so they have a lightsaber fight well everybody is just sitting in their like tanks watching like all the stormtroopers are there hux is there but they're all just sitting there while they're having this big fight and it was all a trick because luke skywalker was just projecting his image or something i thought that was a stupid trick by the way yeah i felt like that was just something where the person writing the story was all up in their head and was like, and then we'll have this magical thing. Ha- like magic always solves the plot problem. Like we're just mm-hmm. going to have a magic thing happen. Yeah. But it made no sense to me. Why wouldn't Kylo Ren be higher up than Hux? Because Kylo Ren has magic and he can just throw anyone around the room just by, you know, waving his hand. But doesn't no, it, it doesn't seem at sense. the beginning that Hux is higher up than Kylo Ren and Kylo Ren yeah. just stalks around? Yeah, he just seems like he's just a, like a weird kid that lives yeah, like there. Yeah, like a side, who knows what he's he He's just was. a troubled. Like a side project. Yeah, and he has the force. So, yeah, he's kind of like a coddled, spoiled guy, maybe. But he has this lineage. Yeah. That's a cool scene, though, with the whole uh, red and the salt. I like that visually. 
But it's just, uh, there's just so many plot holes that that just annoys me about this movie. So they have this big epic battle, and then it just looks like a bloodbath. And Rose has her big moment where she saves Finn. And they have this certain weapon that's going to... It's like a battering ram. But it's with, like, lasers or heat or something because there's this mine with this really heavy door that's the rebel hideout. So they turn this on, and it's shooting waves. And, of course, same thing. They have to go right into it. That's the only way to destroy it. And for a while, like, Finn in his little craft goes right into the wave but he's not affected i mean he's not like burned to a crisp instantly and he's sweating a lot though he's hot it's he's a little hot and then rose she sees him doing this and even though leia says don't do it come back he won't do it he's doing a poe rose runs into him so it knocks him out of the ray she saves his life but she gets injured But she has her line. She says, we're not going to win by destroying what we hate. It's by saving what we love. And then she kissed him. And then she, like, passes out. But there's the moral of the story of this movie. Totally. I really liked those silver tinkly foxes. Oh, uh uh-huh. That were in there, too. On this planet, they have these, like, silver tinkly foxes. And they make this, like, tinkly crystal sound. And they help them find their way out of the cave. Yeah, and then they get out of the cave, but they can't get through because there's all these boulders. But Ray's on the other side with the Millennium Falcon, and she lifted up all the rocks, so they all, and they, like, couldn't believe it. And then they all run out and escape in the Millennium Falcon. It reminded me a little bit of The Sound of Music as they were, like, escaping over the hills. Totally. I'm sure, like, why wouldn't the First Order have, like, some ships, on some lookout ships? Like, because they're see all that. watching the duel. So they escaped. And the rebellion lives to fight another day. All because of Kylo Ren's ridiculous fight, which is the whole thing that Luke Skywalker's doing is he's basically just killing time so they can escape mm-hmm. by being this like holographic version of himself. And then after Kylo Ren finally gets wise, they've escaped already. And then Luke Skywalker dies. Yeah, mm-hmm. that effort killed him. Yeah, it was really hard for him. He really had to like come out of his grumpy orbit and get back to where he was doing something useful. What did you think of Yoda's appearance? I think Yoda's hilarious. It was hilarious. His voice, it sounds like Cookie Elmo. Co- yeah, a Sesame Street character coming into this movie that really is taking itself pretty seriously that I thought it was unintentionally funny. So sidebar, I had never seen all the Star Wars movies until I was an adult. Mm. And one time I was in Iowa City when I was in college and my friends and I had ingested some drugs and we were watching Star Wars and there was this one scene where I just couldn't stop laughing. I was watching Yoda and he was doing like all these flips and stuff. He was training Luke. (laughs) And I swear, I was telling Joel, Joel always thinks this is, I swear to God, I saw Yoda's butt. And Joel, I was telling Joel about it and he was like, what did it look like? Yeah, what does it look like? It's green. Oh, okay. That Just was... like a regular butt. So like Yoda poops. No, yeah, no. He must he, like he when eats. he's flipping around, you yeah. s- I saw his butt. But mm-hmm. I think it was the drugs. I don't remember ever seeing Yoda's butt, but that's really no funny to think about. No one's seen it except for me. You saw Yoda's butt. Like yeah. it was in the frame that was so fast that no yeah, one else could perceive it. But time was like slowed down for you yeah. in that moment and you saw it. And every time yeah. I see Yoda now, all I can think about is how I saw his butt. Why wouldn't he have a butt? I wonder I mean, if the puppet's... he wasn't wearing underpants is what I'm trying to tell you. Like, I saw the butt. 
So probably, you know, everyone in their cloaks and stuff, do you think nobody's wearing underpants? It's commando, total commando. There is that thing that Carrie Fisher said. There was this thing about her bra, that gold bra. Oh, George Lucas, she was mm-hmm. like, why do I have to wear this? She hated that. She was Yeah, oh, and he said humiliated. something about how if she didn't have a bra like that that was really enforced or something, it would float off in space and she would get strangled by it. And that was why she had to wear this like really restrictive gold bra in that one scene. That's just sad, George. Come on. Did you cry when at the end it says something like, this is dedicated to Carrie Fisher who died? But I would have. Yes. I really love her. I love her, too. I was also really happy at the end when Luke Skywalker comes back to try to help them. And they have this quiet moment before he goes out for his duel. And he says, you know, I'm really sorry. And Things are really different. And she's like, yeah, didn't you notice what I'm doing? I'm doing something different with my hair. Mm-hmm. I liked that part. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. Okay. Any final thoughts on I guess I feel like we Jedi? didn't talk too much about Kylo Ren and his evolution, but he doesn't wear a mask in this one. Yeah, the mask is He's toast. very conflicted. He has a lot of these epic temper tantrums. But I was thinking this article I read in GQ recently that I shared with you about Such how... Such a good article. It's a great article. I'll post it on the Facebook page. But just about how Adam Driver doesn't care if you like him. Like, he's very comfortable playing different colors of villain. And what makes him an effective villain is that he... I think this is especially true with Kylo Ren, that he doesn't see himself as a villain. He's playing a human being with heroic qualities and also, like, deep flaws. And they talk a lot about him thinking about masks and how people wear different masks to project themselves different ways and so Henry McHenry and Annette by putting himself out on display as like a comedian or whatever really he's hiding behind that persona even though it seems so raw and I was thinking about how in Annette he has this weird wound on his face Mm -hmm. and in the same way Kylo Ren hides behind a physical mask and he is a scarred person who also has a scar on his face So now I keep thinking about Adam Driver and masks and the Mm -hmm. mystique of Adam Driver. And if it's this thing where you can have. Yeah, a mastique. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. But I was just going to say like in Annette when he's Henry McHenry Mm -hmm. and he's finally revealed that wound on his face becomes really noticeable. Mm -hmm. And I wondered if that was some kind of mask thing. It really made my day in that article when the writer said that Henry McHenry was more of a performance artist than a comedian. I was like, yes. Mm -hmm. That's what I said. Yeah. It was a really good article. Also, the article you sent me today Mm -hmm. was very good about Kylo Ren. That was from The Ringer. Yeah. Which is that an internet thing? Yeah, I don't know. I just had been in preparation for our day today. I just looked up a bunch of different articles. I'll post them both on our Facebook page because they were both really thoughtful and Mm -hmm. very interesting on his take on things. And you probably know this already, but also in my research, as one might expect, Adam Driver created this big backstory for Kylo Ren. And it comes through a little bit, but basically that his parents are so self-absorbed and so locked into this idea that he's the next generation, that he has kind of a crappy childhood and then doesn't get the nurturing he needs and turns away from the force but it's he puts it more eloquently i'll see if i can find it adam driver came up with that yeah. oh 
Well, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if your parents know you have some talent and then they're like fixated on you're going to be in the Olympics or something and make you do all that, I mean, eventually you're going to rebel and want to do the opposite. We'll see this again, but my takeaway with Kylo Ren and Adam Driver is just that that character is ridiculous, but he could be so much more ridiculous if he wasn't played with so much nuance. And I felt like we really got to see it in this and I liked it. He's the best at being a villain, a villain that you like have sympathized with. Can I also tell Mm -hmm. you my Kylo Ren moment this week? Okay. So I've been working a lot of events. I'm an events manager, and I had a wedding with these people who are kind of assholes on Friday night, and it was just a super long day because I had to get up early at 7.30, which is early for me. I had to leave the house because I was teaching. I teach cooking classes, so I had to teach this class in Stillwater, and then I had to drive back to work, and then I had to work until 12.30, I guess, for this wedding. And the people weren't very nice, and it wasn't fun, and the DJ took forever to load out. Mm. So at about 12.30, I was finally getting ready to leave. I said goodnight to the security guard who was working, and then I walked up to my car, and then I realized I'd left my keys on my desk. So then I had to go back in, get my keys, then I walked out again. Then I drove down in the parking ramp, and there was a gate pulled across the parking ramp. So by this point, it was like 12.45. Oh, my God. No one was there. I called the safety line. We have an emergency line for our security team. No one answered. Finally, someone answered. But the other problem is the ramp is built into a cliff, so I don't get very good Wi-Fi signal. So she's like, hello, hello. And so I was progressively like more frustrated, and I was like, hello, hello. So finally, she could hear me. And I was like, I am locked in the ramp. I can't get out. You guys have to let me out. She was like, well, I'll call the security guard on duty. I'll call you back in five minutes. Didn't call me back in five minutes. I'm literally just sitting in my car at the gate. And by now it's like one in the morning. I'm so tired waiting for her to call me back. I call her back. She's like, sorry, we couldn't get him. You're going to just have to come back tomorrow. And I was what? like, are you kidding me? Like, it's one she o'clock She was going to trap morning. you in the ramp all night? Also, like, downtown St. Paul is like... It's scary at night. Like, there's no one there. Our safety guy tells me all the time about terrible, weird things that happen down on the river. And that's right where the museum is. I did not want to go outside. She was like, I'm sorry. I can't do anything. And I was like, fuck you. And then I was doing all this math in my head because Chet had swimming lessons the next day. We only have one car, et cetera, et cetera. So finally, I gave up. I went back into my office and I called a lift. And then I was waiting in the abandoned museum. No one is in the museum by the glass doors, the front doors, waiting for the lift to pull up. And then she texts me back and is like, you know, I didn't really understand what's going on. Like, I see what's happening now. Wait for 10 minutes and I'll come meet you there. So then I canceled the lift. But by then, (laughs) the lift charged me $5 because I was canceling within this, like, short window. And I was like, ah! And then... I don't remember what happened, but the point is I went out to my car and I was screaming like I hit my hand on the elevator wall and like hurt my hand. Yeah, yeah. I just felt ridiculous, but I also was like, I get it, Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Like, I am filled with rage right now. Like if anybody is catching me on the security camera, I am losing my mind. And also like I was crying. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if you get so angry sometimes. Like I go to mad to sad in a second. I felt like I was having a Kylo Ren moment. I also knew if anybody saw me, I probably looked so stupid. Like mm-hmm. I was stomping, jumping up and down. I was just so angry. And I guess what I'm trying to say is in the real world, that rage, there's nowhere to put it. That's <clears throat> what I was complaining about last time. You had to let it out. I'm glad you did. 
Yeah, I um, felt ridiculous though, and I apologized to the security guard when she came because I'm sure I sounded crazy on the phone too. But I was like, "What is wrong with you people?" I mean, uh, I had an experience. It was a deep pandemic, like pre-vaccine in the winter, and I figured out that all of my photos from the cloud from 2012 to 2016, that's from when the birth of the twins to their first four years was gone. And I went nuts on the person on the phone. Although it was more like sad, like I was sobbing and just like all my feelings came out. This person, just a young lady, she put me on hold. She's like, I'll go to my manager. And in the meantime, my valiant husband figured out how to find them on like an old hard drive. So we found them. They were not lost. Yes, I know. They're so precious. And then eventually she came back on the phone and she was scared as hell. She's like, we couldn't get them. And I was like, we found them. We found them, you know? Yeah. I do wonder, like, where is the place for that rage? Like, But I let it out on her. Yeah. It's people you call. (laughs) I know, but that's awful. I know, I know. I lost my shit with this Airbnb lady. It was also pandemic related. And she was so nice, but so unhelpful. And I know there's a reason for this rage, and I don't know how to channel it. And it just ends up making me feel embarrassed. And I don't know if that's because I'm a woman or because we live in a modern world that doesn't have a place for that rage. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But it was cathartic to watch Kylo Ren lose his shit in that elevator and destroy his Mm -hmm. helmet. And people are really enraged. A lot of it seems to be coming out on Twitter, but it's just like making more rage. We need to figure out what to do with this rage. I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what that is. I will say I did get in an argument I wonder what once. they do in Wakanda. I bet they have something, I bet they have something figured out. So here's my one place where I think rage is useful. Okay. One time I got an argument with my boss's husband about bicycles. In the Twin Cities, bicycles get too many... Um, Oh, they were mad about bike lanes and stuff? Oh, I hate that. And I had ridden a bike to the Capitol. We were at this event at the Capitol. And at first he was joking, but then I was like, shut up. Good for me that I rode my bike. It's great. And I rode home on my bike so fast that I made like a record time because I was furious. I remember once in high school getting really mad about something and riding my bike like crazy. I mean, I had a Kylo Ren moment that saved my life. And oh, I, say more about that. Okay, I was driving my car. I was in college or right after it was around the U. And there was this like some road construction where the right lane, you have to turn right. The second to the right lane, you can either turn right or go straight. And I was super familiar with this area. I know this lane. There was a car in the right lane. And then I was turning right from the second lane. So he thought I was turning right from the wrong lane. And he cut me off, got out of his car, and came over to my window to, like, scream at me. And he was the one. I mean, this person is obviously insane. And I went freaking nuts on him. And I was like, you can only turn right from that. And I was just screaming at him, swearing at him. And I think I scared the shit out of him. And he went away. Wow. But I mean, that person could have killed me. Can you believe he cut me off and came over to my car? I was like a college student. This man did that? No. So I've always thought then that it was like a learning experience about myself. Like if someone really, I'm not a confrontational person at all. Like I hate confrontation. But 
If someone really threatens me or really confronts me, I go ballistic on them. You're fight. You're mostly flight, but occasionally fight. Yeah, I do think this is a weird thing to say, but I could kill someone if someone was trying to kill me. I think we could all kill someone if someone was trying to kill us. That's the scary thing about, I mean, we could all be Kylo Ren. Right. He thought Luke was trying to kill him, and so he went ballistic. He thought Luke was dead, I guess, and he killed a bunch of other people. So he became murderous, and then he just ran with that. Yeah, he's just, like, always in fight mode. So what if you are in that situation where someone's trying to kill you, and then you kill them in self-defense? You still killed a person. I mean, just like Alec Baldwin, he shot this person. But I think that was totally accidental. Yeah, it's totally accidental. But still, I mean, I get nervous about driving my car because I don't want to get killed, but also I don't want to kill someone in an accident, even if it was totally not my fault, just to live with that your entire life. I couldn't do it. So what's my point? The point is that it's really hard. (laughs) Rage is hard and it has consequences and we see it with Kylo Ren and we don't know how to deal with it in ourselves. We need it, but it's hard to know where to place it. I was thinking about in this Star Wars movie, Snoke is regular size and in the first one his hand you know? is really big though well i mean but he's like this giant hologram yeah. like in the wizard of oz in yeah. the first one and it just made me think of just how like you would feel like that as a kid you're small and the adult is big and they're probably like yelling at you and how small you are and how mad you are and you think they're so dumb d-u-m <laughs> uh-huh I just thought that I wasn't surprised if kids relate to that. I thought that was a good... Yeah, absolutely. And there is a little kid moment in this, too, when Rose and Finn are on this planet trying to find a safe cracker, and there are these kids who are, like, mm-hmm. stable boys. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're like slaves, them. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, like slave children. Mm-hmm. Orphans. But also in. they're kind of planting the seeds for the next generation of Star Wars, and I feel like kind of giving a shout-out to the kids who are their core audience that moment where there's that one kid with the broom there's a broom and mm-hmm. he holds out his hand and the broom comes to his hand oh i didn't even notice oh, that oh god i love it it's the best yeah because you can little... tell he has the force mm-hmm. that gave me the chills so let's rate what do you think listen I... i'm like an easy a now i'm gonna give it five stars for kylo run there's lots yeah. of plot gaps there's lots of silliness in it but I think Adam Driver is fantastic as a tormented hero or anti-hero in this. I was coming into this with like three combs. I was uh, just yeah, whoops, crabby. Combs. combs oh, five combs. So you're five combs. I was just feeling, I was like, I think I'm going to give this one three combs. I'm just annoyed at it for some reason. But, you know, after our talk today, I'm going to go with five combs. <gasps> yes. I went up two combs. It's a 10 comb episode. (laughs) Awesome. So coming up next time, it's Star Wars. What's the last one called? Is it The Rise of Skywalker? Oh, yeah, yeah. The Rise of Skywalker. It's so hard for me to remember these, like, subheads. It's weird that it's called that, though, because he's dead. Well, it's referring to someone else. I think it kind of makes sense. Anyway, thanks for listening to our show, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. (laughs) Bye.